0: How are you doing? It's good to see you. I've, evidently, Naomi's going to talk the whole time I'm preaching, so that's okay. I so I just, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. I told Doug, just so you know, okay? I said, Doug, hey, if it's not any good at all tonight, just come up halfway and turn my mic off. He agreed to do that. Okay, so we'll see how it goes. Okay, is this... Uh, I, these trees are awesome, aren't they? I mean, the decorations are amazing, but I have to admit, I was sitting... I don't know when I was sitting out there, not tonight, sometimes Sunday or whenever I was. And I was wondering why there are some lights that are just floating out in the middle of nowhere. Does that hit any of y'all? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was like, what? What? did they string them between trees or what? And then it dawned on me and they had some white trees up there. Probably not the best tree for our white brick wall behind it, right? But it just, I just saw these lights in the middle of space just hanging there, just bothered me. Our building program is going well. Uh, we are still on track right now to be done sometime in February, um, and then have a soft opening like we did here, get some kinks worked out, and then have a grand opening sometime in March. So keep praying, uh, keep giving. As any building program, <laughs> you know we're having those struggles along the way, but in the end, it won't matter. Uh, If we do it right and we stick to our guns, so they want to change the tile on us, and we're like, no, and they want to change the brick on us, and we're like, no, and they want to, you know, but we can't get that now. It's like, well, not my problem, you know, so uh, keep praying, okay, keep praying for that. Wise Man Projects, Preacher alluded to it, uh, every year we try to help families with a Christmas meal, turkey, ham, and all the fixings, right? Such a good word that we use, fixings. If you have not signed up, you can go to a link. It should have went out. If you're signed up in our ministry by text and you can sign up that way, bring all your, whatever you sign up for. And, and can I encourage you here, is that okay? Don't sign up for a can of green beans. God has blessed us, so if you're gonna do that, sign up for 20 of them, not just one can, okay? Or sign up for a, a whole meal for a family or something. Uh, we, so if, if that's all you can do, I get it, but most of us can do something more than that. So I encourage you to do that. We want to be a blessing and, and really uh, make an impact with these families. You can bring the food into the foyer, put it on the table out there. The non-perishables now, anything perishable, don't bring it up till next week. Okay, next Wednesday night. Uh, Instead of meeting in here, we will meet in the foyer. We'll put the baskets together. And then uh, those that want to, we'll take a basket out and just go be a blessing to a family. Say, we love you, we care about you. This is from Faith Baptist. Anything else we could do for you, let us know kind of thing, okay? So help us with the wise man, pray about it. And then next Wednesday night, uh, we'll be doing that. We'll be doing the gift cards also that we've done every year. So if you don't wanna take a basket and you wanna go be a blessing to someone, we put a gift card in there from our church uh, for some uh, people so they can maybe buy something for Christmas for some kids or something like that so a lot to do next Wednesday night but it won't be in here we'll meet in the we may meet in here and line it all up then go in the foyer um, I want to announce to you and we had Scott Pettis come in a couple of weeks ago Scott is retiring from the Marine Corps and has surrendered to the ministry three years ago and Scott is Norbert and Susie McCall's son-in-law married to Nora's sister did I yeah and, and Sam, I want those Sam in there, you know, I don't want those Sam in there, but okay, Sam, Scott's married to Sam's sister too, okay, not, not Nora, Marty, okay. Anyway, all of that, wow, that went way off track. <laughs> um, Scott's running the ministry three years ago, and has really been praying about what God would, how God would use him once he retired from the Marine Corps, and when we were talking about a position to come in and minister to the Fletzi campus and the first responders in our community, and then also uh, help us with the building and grounds out here, uh, he fits all of those. So came in a couple of weeks ago, uh, interviewed, we prayed about it, and I just feel like God would have us to invite him to come on to our staff and serve in that area. So he's gonna retire in a month. They'll get everything together from where they are and move here, and then we'll go down that road. So just letting you know, uh, we've extended that and then he accepted. So we've got the new staff member and we're gonna be able to start and begin to minister uh, out there in, in a lot of different areas that we can't right now. So we're excited about that and what he brings. If you put it together, his dad is Herb Pettis. Uh, The last name. And Herb was the contractor that built our Christian education building. So Scott grew up in the construction business. I mean, he knows it. He knows building and grounds. He knows all that stuff. So he brings a lot to the table. We're excited about him coming on staff here. And then I need to let you know this. We have service in here tonight. Wise Man Projects next week we're going to be delivering. And then after that, it's December 25th on Wednesday, and January 1st, we will not have Wednesday evening services those two nights, okay? If you want to, just open your Bible at your house, read it, see what God has for you, and apply it, okay? But we won't have a formal service on campus, uh, those two, on on Christmas Day and Christmas, New Year's Day, we're not going to have services those nights. So tonight, it's what you get for four weeks. You ready? (laughs) I I, I, you worried me there. It took about three seconds, so I was a little concerned. All right, turn to Luke chapter 2 tonight, if you would. Luke chapter 2, that won't surprise some of you tonight. The title of my sermon tonight is The Gift of Joy, or Gift of, of Joy for You and So and for Me. I want to look at the gift that God gave us, and as we get together this time of the year and it's beginning to happen already uh, that we exchange a lot of gifts between friends or family or coworkers, or at business you know uh, Christmas parties and we do white elephant exchange or whatever we do there's a lot of gifts that are exchanged this time of year and tonight I want to take a look at, at one of God's gifts that he gave to us to you and to me. I want to look at how God wants to, to extend that to us each and every day of our life. It came and it was represented at Christmas time, but yet we are to live with this gift, receiving this gift every day in our life. So I want to do this by taking a close look at the word joy, the word joy. We know how to spell it, J-O-Y, that's pretty simple. It's one of the three-letter words that we probably learn early on in life because it's not that hard. And, and without taking a deeper look at this This word joy, we can write it off really easy as something that's really not possible for us. You know, it's, it's just not possible in my life to have joy. That's just, uh, I've tried it. it, I can't keep it, it doesn't last. So we, we tend to write it off without taking a, a real deep look at it. We look at verses like 1 Thessalonians 5.16, which tells us to rejoice always, right? Or always be joyful, to, to always have this spirit of joy. And we think, that's not even possible. <laughs> I don't know why that's in this book, because uh, rejoice always. You, you haven't lived life then if, if you're saying you can actually do that. Uh, so, I mean, we think of things and I love you. I, I've read that and God's brought that to my attention. I'm thinking, you don't know the week I've had, Lord. You want me to rejoice this week, right? It's been a tough week or, or there's a situation that's going on and you want me to always be joyful. Yeah, right. That's just not realistic. And so if you're with me on that or ever had that thought of those feelings, hopefully this will encourage you tonight. Uh, we sing joy to the world, right? It's a good Christmas song that we sing. Really? To the world? Joy? To everyone? That means everyone everywhere? Joy to the world? Yeah. Is that really possible? Is it realistic? So a couple things I want to start off with tonight, if you're taking notes, you can write these down, uh, that I want to cover to make sure that we understand and we're having, we're approaching it from the same groundwork tonight. Uh, things that you and I face on a daily basis that can still or rob us of our joy, instead of rejoicing always, uh, two things, just quickly, one is the bad that shouldn't happen, I don't know if... If you're living right now and you're breathing and your heart's beating, which it looks like it so far, a couple of you I'm a little worried about, but right now it looks like it, then then the bad that shouldn't happen, there are bad things that happen in our life that shouldn't happen. You agree with that? And, And those things can rob us of this joy we're going to talk about of rejoicing always. Uh, Sometimes we bring them on ourselves. Sometimes we're just, we don't make good decisions or wise decisions or godly decisions. Sometimes it's on us. Sometimes other people make bad decisions and it affects us. But it's the bad that should not happen in a perfect world, in a perfect place. uh, These things would not be happening and so therefore I would be joyful. But right now, these bad things are happening. My, my family member's sick, or my wife or my spouse going through our time, kids are being rebellious, or right? These bad things are happening, and therefore, you want to talk about rejoicing always? I don't think so. So, one of the things that we have to cover is and that we face daily is the bad that shouldn't happen. Alongside that, you have to put the second thing. Not only the bad that shouldn't happen, but the good that doesn't always happen. The good that doesn't always happen. The good things that we want to happen in our lives, and guess what? It just doesn't happen. It just, and I don't know about you, I've been there, that dream that we have, or, or that, that uh, goal we have that we want to attain, or we want to see happen, or we want to uh, uh, come across in our life, and, and it's good, and it's right, and can be godly, and it just doesn't happen. And when it doesn't happen, boy, our joy can just go out the door. The, the heart that we have, a hope of change or in someone else, a relationship being reconciled, just when we want all those things to happen, and it, the good just doesn't happen. That prayer that we want answered, that God did not answer the way we want it answered, just, just tends to steal that joy from us. You look at all these real-life truths that we have to face every day, and you realize, you ask, you wonder, is joy truly possible can I really be joyful can I rejoice always and it's a fair question if joy is going to work listen it has to work in an imperfect world that make sense if First Thessalonians tells us and God instructs us that we are to be a joyful people, we're to rejoice, we're to always, and, and have this spirit of joy about us. Now, understand, I'm not talking about, you know, always having a smile and walking around bubbly and you can't ever have a down moment. That's not what I'm talking about, right? It's this inward joy that, that only comes from, from God. This joy that, that just overflows and overrides the, the bad things that are going on in our life and, and that, that just makes everything... Okay, not that we like everything, but it makes it okay. See, that's what the message of Christmas is. If you really think about it, it's that, that God brought joy to us. God came to this often ugly world, and in Jesus Christ, he told us joy can happen even in this mess that we live in. Now, you may have heard someone say before, joy is a choice. In other words, it doesn't just happen. It's something that that we have to choose. It's a lifestyle we choose. It's an attitude we choose. It's on us to make that choice. So how do we choose joy? In our life, if you can envision this with me, if there's a big map up here, right, and, and that you are here, Mark, that's always on the map, right? So we can find out how to get somewhere else. Just put yourself right here on the map. You are here on this big map. There's a big map here. Can you see it? Can you see it? Okay. So there's a big map right here. You are here. And envision vision on this map, you know, there's a lot of stuff in between, a lot of mountains, a lot of valleys, a lot of roads, whatever. And over here is joy. How do you get from you are here, over here to joy through all of this? And that's what we want to talk about tonight. That's that's the road we want to go down. And I want to take a look again at Luke 2 because we're going to look at a group of men who went from you are here to joy. And how did they get there? What took them there? What decisions did they make to get them there? And these men were the shepherds. And these shepherds were out in a field near Bethlehem, and God brought them a message of joy. And they made some choices. And listen to me, they're simple choices to make the same kind of choices that you and I can make we want to go from from here to joy even though everything is not going right in our life and these circumstances are are hard and they hurt sometimes how do we go from here to joy so I want to ask you a question before we get going because it's really pertinent to what I'm going to cover tonight do you want to live with joy in your life okay now I'll keep going Three choices that we make, that shepherds made, I want to really look at this story and see, is this. The first one is choose to hear the good news. The shepherds chose to hear the good news. Have you ever been really down? Had a down day, had a down moment, had a down hour, whatever it is, and and somebody called you, and the day we live in, maybe you got a text, and it was an encouraging text, it was an encouraging phone call. And what did that do for you? It lifted your spirits, didn't it? You thought, man, okay, things aren't as bad as they seem. You heard some, maybe they shared some good news with you, and you thought, man, that's just so good. Or you got some good news, right? You're having a, a bad day, bad week, and you receive some good news. And in that moment, how do you feel? Yeah, that joy, that's just okay. That, that's what good news does for us. It brings into our life. Look at Luke chapter 2 in verse 8. And this will be the sign to you: you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men." They chose to hear the good news. The news of great joy was not just something for the shepherds, but it was for everyone. We get that from here. But we're going to focus on the shepherds tonight. Now, I have to go back, and and if you know me well at all, right, go put myself in those shepherds' position. I, I can't imagine a more boring job, It's just me, than watching sheep sleep. How about you? I mean, it, it's boring enough during the day managing sheep and the one goes, you got to go chase them down, try to herd them, right? Keep them all together. But at night, what are they doing? They're sleeping. And what are you doing as a shepherd? You're watching them sheep sleep, keeping watch over them, keeping them safe, right? I mean, you're just making sure that nothing comes in there. So, oh my gosh, another night watching the sheep sleep. Sounds exciting. Woohoo! I can't wait. Let's go do that tonight. He said, "Hey, Robbie, let's go watch a sheep sleep." No, not doing it. Not what I want to do. Pretty boring job, right? Not that exciting. Until something happened. Something different came about, didn't it? All of a sudden, in the routine, ordinary life, God brought these shepherds a message of joy, just like He does for us, if we're looking and paying attention. Now, it may not be an angelic host. Probably not going to be an angelic host saying, We bring to you good tidings of great joy, a Savior born in this day. Already happened. <laughs> not going to happen again. But if we're paying attention in life, God is sending us good news all the time. If we're looking and we choose to hear it, in the middle of the night, God brought good news to these shepherds. And in the middle of life, God wants to bring us good news also. What's the good news? I don't know personally for you. I do know generally for us that I can always go back to good news in my life is that Jesus Christ was born. He is my Savior. And that brings me great joy. And this circumstance in life is not going to last. And that brings me joy during that. But it's a choice. That's what Christmas is all about, isn't it? That's what the good news is all about. Christmas means God, you ready? God called us. And he didn't call us to give us bad news. That's not what Luke chapter two is about. He didn't call us and, and and to everyone, right? Good news to everyone everywhere. He didn't call and say, You bunch of sinners, you know, you're in trouble. No. Basically what he says, you bunch of sinners, here's some good news for you. The Savior is going to be born tonight. Good tidings, great joy. It's what Christmas is about. He tells us in that, just in that, he tells us, I love you. I care for you. I know, I know the state you're in right now, the shepherds. I mean, I know what's going on in your life. And, and, and in through all of that, I'm going to bring you some great joy. So a question comes up in this is how do you find that kind of joy that can last the rest of the life? How do we find the good news that can last the rest of life through any circumstance, through any life situation? You look at your life and say, my life's filled with problems. Is there any good news in that? Well, folks, I'm telling you, there is if you know Jesus. And it's a choice that we make. James chapter 1 says this. My brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. There's that word again, right? Joy. See, joy isn't in the troubles. I'm not joyful because of my troubles or my problems or my pain. I mean, who would do that? You're crazy if you are, right? Wow, I'm just really enjoying this pain that's in my life right now. Something's wrong with you if that's your mentality. The joy is in the fact that God can take that struggle and God can take that pain and God can take that situation, that bad circumstance, the bad that shouldn't happen or the good that's not happening. God can take all of that and he can bring good out of it. So in the midst of all of that, in the middle of it, when it's hot and it's heavy and it hurts, we can look past it for the joy that God will bring from it. That's a mature look and a way to go through as a believer in Christ The good news, joy is not having perfect circumstances. Well, I'll I'll be a more joyful person when life gets better. Guess what? You're going to be a sourpuss your whole life. (laughs) Because none of us have a perfect life. It's just not out there. Joy is not every cloud has a silver lining because there are some clouds that stay dark the whole time. They never have a silver lining. Joy is not just put a smile on and the world will smile with you. One of the dumbest things I've ever heard. You put a smile on, everybody else will smile. Really? Try it. See how that works for you. Joy is applying God's truth and God's power to imperfect circumstances in this imperfect world. You might say, I've lost everything. Is there any joy in that? There is if you know him, because one day none of it matters anyway. I mean, how far you want to go with this? Jesus set the example once again for us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, the word of God tells us, looking unto Jesus, our example, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, there's that word again, joy. Did Jesus enjoy the cross? No, that's not what it says. He found joy in the result of what the cross was going to bring. Look at it. Who for the joy that was set before him. Doesn't say he enjoyed dying on the cross. It doesn't say that he had joy in the beatings that he took. He knew the end result of the cross, of dying for us, of being beaten and mocked and spat upon, having that crown of thorns placed on his head. He knew the result that brought him joy, not the here and now. The shepherds found out that first Christmas that God had brought them good tidings of great joy, the good news that God loved them, the good news that God wanted to be a part of their life, to forgive them, to give them an eternity with him. That was good news to the shepherds. And are you you with me on this? It's still good news today. When you listen to that good news, does it bring you joy anymore? When you hear the Christmas story, is it just a Christmas story? Oh, it's Christmas season again. Or can we really stop and grab a hold of that the Son of God came to this sin-sick world to bring good tidings of great joy? So we need to listen to the good news. Then it keeps going. How's this joy, what the shepherds do? Well, we can have this joy when we do what God says. When we do what God says. These shepherds heard God tell them, go and find a baby wrapped in a blanket, laying in a manger. Do you know what they did? They sat there and watched their sheep sleep all night, went home and crawled in bed, ate breakfast, crawled in bed and went to sleep. Is that what scripture says they did? Has God ever asked you or told you to do something for him, instructed you, the Holy Spirit moved in your life and said, I want you to do this for me. And you didn't do it. Anybody else been there? Come on, come on, raise your hand up. I want to see. You ever been there? God told you to do something and you You didn't do it. Or God told you not to do something and you did it, right? In that moment, (laughs) in that moment, liar, he just did it. Did you experience great joy when you denied God, when you said no to the Holy Spirit, when you said, God, I'm not going to do that, no way? Does that bring great joy in your life? Now, see, <laughs> the shepherds, what did they do? They said, go, go look for this child. He's going to be wrapped in a blanket in a manger, not going to be too hard to find. So go, go. And what did they do? They went. And when they found him, what did that bring them? Great joy. That's what obeying God does for us. Look at verse 15 of our text. It says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. Why did they go? Because they believed what God said. And because they believed what God said, they went to Bethlehem. And they found that great joy. Now understand, they could have not done what God said and then wondered their whole life what would happen if they would have went. That doesn't bring joy. They could have said, I I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if the baby was born that night. I don't know if the Savior showed up or not. But they didn't have to live in that world because they obeyed God. They did what God said. They listened to what he said, but they also obeyed and went and did it. What would have happened that night? If we have gone to see what the angels told us. You ever thought about that? You ever put yourself in the place of the shepherds? This angel shows up, proclaims the Savior is coming. The, the heavens open up and there's an angelic host now saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on good goodwill on earth to men, right? And, and, and we're sitting there and I don't know about you, but if I had two friends with me and they said, go behold this, it'll bring you great great joy. If my two friends said, "Ah, Robbie, let's not do that. I would change my friends. How about you? And I don't want to be that friend that was going, well, well, God wants us to go observe this. He wants us to go see it. He wants to to go experience this for him. That's going to be good for us. It's going to bring joy into our life. I don't want to be the ones going, nah, guys, let's not do that. Why would we do that? Let's just go on home. And yet, so many times in our life, we're searching for joy. We're, we're trying to find this joy. We're not experiencing this joy because of life. The bad that shouldn't happen, the good that's not happening, we're letting all that affect us the way it shouldn't as a believer in Christ, as a Christian, as one who says, we believe the scriptures and what it says, rejoice always, but that's not realistic. But is it really? And there are people in our life that are telling us that it's not and that are living like it's not as believers in Christ. It's like, hmm. Figuratively speaking, there's a lot of us, it's real easy to get stuck in that field. But God speaks. God moves, we read his word, it comes alive to us. It instructs us on something that if we follow his teaching, if we do what God tells us to do, it will bring joy to our life. And we're stuck in the field thinking, really? I don't know that I can do that. That takes a lot of faith. I'm not there yet. What will people think, right? I mean, I don't want to be that person. All these excuses and reasons come into our mind and our heart as why we need to be stuck in that shepherd's field instead of leaving and going to Bethlehem to experience the joy of the Lord. Psalms 19.8 says this, The statutes of the Lord are right. And what do they do? Rejoice the heart. Rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. God's commandments bring joy. Joy. Now, if I say the Ten Commandments, is the next word you think of joy? Is that what enters your mind? It wasn't mine either until I wrote that down. Now it is, okay? Just... When we think of Ten Commandments, maybe hard and difficult and broken and sin and all these things enter our mind. Yet, yet Psalms tells us that, that God's commandments are pure enlightening our eyes and his statues are right, rejoicing the heart. God's word should bring joy to our life, even when it pricks us and chisels away things in our life. When you do what God says, when I do what God says, it brings joy. A different one than we've ever experienced before. Hmm. I, I put this in here. I think it's good. I found that joy doesn't come when I ask, joy comes when I receive. When you pray a prayer, the real joy comes when you see that prayer being answered. That's when the joy comes. So one of the things we need to do when we ask is remind ourselves to to double-check our prayers. Is God answering that prayer? Is he moving? Is he working? Is he doing something? Is he working in a situation, right? Because to see God move, to see God answer prayer, to see God do a work in my life or somebody else's, that brings joy. No matter the circumstance. So, this Christmas, this is what I want to ask you to do. Okay, I want to ask you to do this. Rejoice in the birth of a Savior of good tidings of great joy to everyone everywhere. Joy comes when you hear good news. I, and folks, just keeping it real, I know, I know... Holidays can be hard at times, especially the older we get, because there's family that's not there anymore. There's friends that are not there anymore. Holidays can be a difficult time, not a joyful time anymore, but that's a choice we make. I'm there. You're there. A lot of you are there. It's a choice we make. If we choose to hear what God's saying and to follow his instruction, to follow him, we won't get stuck in that field of despair. That joy will come alive in our life. Joy comes when you hear the good news and when you do what God says. The shepherds, they didn't just hear, oh man, that's awesome. Now what do we do? No, God said go and they went. And then the last thing tonight, joy comes when you choose to tell someone else. Lessons from the shepherds tonight, right? What did the shepherds do that brought them joy? Joy. The last thing I see here that we're going to cover tonight is this. They went and told someone about what they saw. When you tell someone else the good news of what God's doing in your life, when you tell someone or share someone what what amazing things God is doing or has done, that brings joy into our life. If you try to put a cap on joy, it sours every time. See, true joy has to be shared. So if you haven't shared the good news in a while... You're not really a joyful person because you can't cap it. It has to be shared. You can't help but share it. These shepherds immediately shared the story of the good news of what God was doing. Look at verse 17. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. Now, Now, get what they, again, they didn't do. They they didn't hear the angels and what they said. They didn't just follow God and go see the baby Jesus in the manger, wrapped in a blanket, right, swaddling clothes, and walk off and go back home. What did they do? They made it widely known what God had done. Because they could not contain the joy that they had found and that they had heard and that they had seen. Psalms 107, tells us, declare his works with rejoicing. I promise you this from experience, from the truth of the word of God. If you will declare who God is, if you will declare the works that God has done and can do in your life, you can't help but experience this type of joy. Can't help it. I promise you. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about here because when you told that family member, when you told that person at work, when you shared with that neighbor, when you invited someone to come hear the good news here, you shared it yourself. Maybe that person you told us, man, I got to tell you what God's done in my life, right? Let me just share. You have experienced that joy that comes with sharing what God is doing in your life. Amen? Why don't we do that every day? Because that brings joy. Declare his works with rejoicing. There's an almost indescribable burst of joy that happens when you share with someone else the good news of what God has done in your life. Most of you are here tonight because someone shared with you the good news of what God had done or was doing in their life. I'm here for that reason. Why wouldn't we share that? Because we're not a joyful people. But I don't want to go negative, so we'll keep it positive. Luke 15.10 tells us that there's a burst of joy when we tell the good news to other people and they receive it. Jesus put it like this. I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels over, of God over one sinner who repents. Heaven breaks out in a chorus of song. They might even dance a little bit. I don't know. Over one sinner who repents, who hears the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, one sinner repents, heaven goes crazy. What do you think heaven's doing when a thousand accept Christ as Savior? Man, it's party time. What about when 10,000 worldwide, just saying one day 10,000 people came to know Christ as Savior. What are they doing the whole time? Rejoicing in heaven. When you tell someone else the good news, when you accept the good news, it changes everything, folks. At least it should. The joy of telling the good news is the joy of telling someone else everything can change. That's part of the message. So Christmas is a time that we should enjoy. Are you doing it yet? <laughs> Statistics show of us say Christmas is our favorite time of year. How many of you agree with that? Is Christmas your favorite time of year? How many? Anybody? Wow. Statistically, y'all are weird. (laughs) And if it's our favorite time of year, where's the joy? And if it's not our favorite time of the year, why? (laughs) It may be one of the good times of the year. I get that because I want to be joyful all year long. Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, God has a lot to say about this thing called joy and rejoicing and being glad. Do a word search in the Bible on those three words over and over and over and over again. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoicing always in First Thessalonians. I bring you good tidings, great joy, over and over and over again in the Word of God. And I want you to notice in Philippians 4 there, it says rejoice in the Lord. We're not to rejoice in that sickness. We're not to rejoice in that loss. We're not to rejoice in who can and can't make it for Christmas. We're to rejoice in in the Lord and because we're hard headed he says it again again I say rejoice so one of God's gifts to us is the gift of joy have you received that gift have have, have you embraced that gift from God and it's a different kind of gift than what we normally have for the most part This is the gift that keeps on giving, truly. I embrace joy and I embrace it again and again and again and again in my life. That's how I rejoice always. And you do it because we've heard the good news and I'm in the word and God's continually teaching and instructing me. And, and, and I receive that, right? And, and I'm doing what he's telling me to do so it keeps reproducing joy in my life. I keep having joy in my life because I'm obeying him and doing what he said. And then I'm also, it just compounds it. It just multiplies because I'm sharing it with other people what God this joy that I can't contain that he's doing in my life. That's exactly what the shepherds did. They were sitting there on a mundane, whatever, Wednesday night, Right? Doing their job, probably trying not to fall asleep. And all of a sudden, God shows up and does a miraculous thing and it changed their life. And they had to tell everybody. They spread it widely. It's an amazing thing when you really look at it. So maybe tonight, maybe tonight, we just need to stop and pray a little bit. Maybe we need to refocus on the good news that we have. Maybe we need to be more obedient to what we already know God is wanting us to do. And maybe, just maybe, God wants us to share this message this Christmas season, not just for someone else, but because of the joy it will bring us. So here's what I want to do. I want to just take a quiet time right now and you, you may, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to challenge God tonight, okay? God loves challenges because he's God, and we're not. You have a situation in your life that is difficult and hard right now. I get it. You give that to God. You throw it out there to God. And you ask him to bring joy from it. And then you watch. And I don't know. It, it, it may be tomorrow. It may be two weeks. It may be a year. I don't know you watch because God can do it. So would you bow your head with me? We're just going to take a, a moment to pray. Maybe we just need to, to receive the good news again or to be obedient more in our life or to God's put someone on your heart to share with this good news that we have, what he's doing in your life, why you have joy and they don't. Would you just pray right now and then I'll close this in a minute. Father, we come tonight, and I thank you for your word, the Bible, the truth. Uh, If we didn't have Matthew and we didn't have Luke, we would not have an accounting of the birth of our Savior. It would have been passed down probably verbally to us, but we wouldn't have it in writing. So thank you so much for your word and the truth it has for us And, and the different things we can draw from it from where we are in life and tonight specifically thank you for the lessons that we can learn uh, from the shepherds and that they're they not only heard the good news that you proclaimed to them but they they followed your instruction and and they went from where they were to this place of joy on a map because they followed your instruction and it brought joy in their life and then they went out and they told others and and it's such an easy formula but yet so difficult sometimes for us to follow So we proclaim tonight with you, we're not afraid and we understand the the good tidings of great joy which be to all people and that unto us is born a Savior and his name is Christ Jesus. And I pray for those tonight that may be hurting and may be at a loss and uh, an impasse right now. Maybe it's just a mundane life or it's just going through the motions in life or whatever it is, a circumstance or a hardship or... uh, whatever it is God I pray that we would look past it that we would rejoice in you that you would rise up this belief inside of us and this obedience inside of us to to rejoice in you no matter our circumstance no matter the situation no matter what's going on I may need to do that A hundred times today, I may need to do it 10 times today, but whatever circumstances come, the the bad that's happening or the good that's not happening, we don't focus on it. We don't dwell on it. We don't live in it. We rejoice in the Lord because unto us was born in that city of David, a Savior who is Christ Jesus the Lord. Let us rejoice and find our joy in that. And as we go out tonight, I pray we would be willing to share it widely, spread it widely, the joy that we have because of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray, amen. All right, thank you for being here tonight.